Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you very much and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, Dr. Charles on special assignment at this hour, and we hope to pick her up for the next show. We will uh, have her with us uh, just as soon as possible. Our co-host is busy doing a whole lot of stuff, as are a lot of people in this world who have found themselves multi-triple, quadruple tasking in the light of COVID-19. That uh, virus sweeping the country, record numbers of people who are now diagnosed positive, record numbers of people dying it is frightening, it is scary, it is stressful, and we have the antidote. Joining us now on our WellMed Radio Hotline, Dr. Carol Stewart-Francisco. She's with WellMed at Longwood in Florida, and Dr. Stewart-Francisco is a uh, earned her medical degree from Howard University in Washington, D.C., completed her internal medicine and family medicine residency at North Shore University Hospital in Long Island, and she is board certified in family practice. Dr. Stuart Francisco, thanks for joining us on WellMed Radio. Thank you for having me. Well, as I said, there are people who are multi-quadruple, quintuplet tasking in light of COVID-19, paying attention to things that although in the backs of our mind we used to pay attention to, but not quite as thoroughly as we do now. Talk to me about stress and what it does to us as human beings. Oh, yes. Stress, you know, stress is a normal part of life, you know. Our bodies are usually equipped to handle it. But when we have periods of prolonged stress, it can take its toll. So, you know, people have fear and worry about themselves and their loved ones during this time of COVID, you know, a a pandemic. And when it comes to the events surrounding them and things happening with their family members, it, it can be very distressing. Uh, staying at home as well, quarantining, these things decrease connection with family and friends, disrupts people's everyday routines they've become accustomed to. You know, there's anxiety about your your health, especially if you have underlying conditions. And by a certain age, most human beings have a couple or two, you know, underlying conditions. So people are generally worried about this and what effect COVID would have on that. And, you know, there's also anxiety about finances. You know, many seniors now work. You know, they do, some people work full-time, some do part-time jobs, you know, to maintain a certain standard of living. And so, um, you know, this has all been disrupted by this pandemic. And so it led to you know, different signs of stress in their lives. Now, for those who don't really understand it, what is a pandemic? So a pandemic is when you have a worldwide condition in which there's a disease that's spreading, you know, multiple countries at the same time. So this COVID-19 is here in the States. It's in mm-hmm. Canada. It's in Mexico. It's in Chile. Yes. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. How does it do and- that? Well, you know, this little virus um, has is very insidious. You know, it starts in in a in a particular animal, and then somehow it jumps over into humans. Um, whether it's through conditions where the, you know these animals are are kept, you know, you know, we found out about Wuhan, about you know, open markets where things were being sold that were live as well as you know. Um, 
meat and, and certain things crossed over into humans. And when this happens, then the next step is when it goes from human to human. And that's what happened with this virus. And, you know, it, it starts in, it gets into our nasal uh, tract. It starts to spread lower down into the lungs. And then it targets um, other organs. But initially it has a predilection for the lungs. But it's responsible for, you know, an inflammatory condition that takes over the body and can cause something called ARDS, multi-system sort of respiratory distress. And it, it's pretty severe when it, when, when, it, when it, you know, gets to that point. And one of the things I hear the experts talk about is it affects your ability to breathe, shortness of breath, that it hardens that portion of the lungs where we exchange uh, air for oxygen into our systems, and, and it's tougher and tougher to do that. Yes, if you can imagine, you know, your lungs, if you picture it as spongy, you, you squeeze a sponge, you let it go, it dumps right back to what it used to be. When, you know, our lungs get damaged, it becomes more fibrotic, so it becomes more like expensive paper towels. And it, instead of expanding as quickly as a sponge does, it's slower at doing that. And so our ability to breathe and exchange air becomes um, problematic. Now, this is uh, not the first new virus that has come on the scene. There's been SARS, there's been MERS, there have been others. Why is this one proving so difficult, do you think? This one has been uh, a little bit uh, more virulent than the others. You know, it took a while for some of these others to start spreading. This one has uh, has been doing it at, at a much faster pace. And, you know, we had thought initially that you know, change in, in the climate or the, you know, the things becoming warmer would um, deter the virus or kind of, you know, decrease its spread. But it's obviously been adapting, you know, and, you know maybe certain heat-resistant proteins are making it um, more, viable, more likely to survive, you know, and so that adaptation has caused it to not die out as we thought would have happened. So it's still spreading rapidly. Now, you said something early on that uh, unless you're really steeped in medicine and biology uh, and science, it's hard to understand because we equate uh, the COVID-19 uh, with life. We give it properties of life. It spreads. It moves on. It, it, it's so infectious. Uh, and yet it, it is in many ways not alive. Right. It requires a living host. It requires something to live in. And we have, we have become that and we're spreading it to each other. And so that's why it's so important to prevent that spread by having a barrier method, whether it's going to be a physical barrier of wearing something to cover the respiratory tracts that, that's breathing and spreading this virus or, you know, distancing ourselves from others. And that's what's become very um, hard to do for, you know, some of our seniors and uh, family members, people have been asked not to associate us closely. And, you know, that, that change in lifestyle has really caused increased uh, stress among, you know, uh, a lot of people. Uh, as you think back to uh, your days in med school, not that long ago, I, I suspect, uh, and think about all the classes you had, all the courses you took, did you ever study pandemics? Well, I, I was introduced, you know, we've had to go through studying bacterial behavior and viruses, but never to this degree. Uh, you know, it, this has been pretty challenging for the medical community. We seem to be learning as we go. Fortunately, you know, 
we've been saving the information and sharing it with each other. And so there seems to be better handling of the, you know, the disease now. So we're, we seem to be helping people to survive. Um, but however, it's still pretty deadly. And so, you know, patients with under, underlying conditions and um, different challenges have still been susceptible and have been dying from it. We're going to talk more about COVID-19. I'm Ron Aaron. Our very special guest, Carol Stewart-Francisco. She is a physician with WellMed at Longwood in Florida and a specialist in family medicine. Uh, You hear us now on 930 AM, The Answer. And we're talking about stress and COVID-19. And Carol, when you think about uh, the broad cross-section of the population, uh, that's been infected. While initially we were told it wouldn't in- infect the young, it wouldn't really uh, infect uh, middle-aged folks, it was going after seniors. It, it turns out uh, the numbers of people who are infected span the universe. Yes. We are now seeing a younger population, you know, over the holiday breaks, you know, there was a relaxation. We've let down our guards and the younger People were, you know, having a lot of um, social interaction. And so what's resulted is we've seen the spread among the younger population. And, you know, we have to realize these young people don't live in a bubble. They have uh, family members that they go back home to. And, you know, so the parents, the grandparents and still you know, have to be careful because they also come in contact with this virus from the young ones. And now a lot of people are concerned about, this, you know, when schools reopen, what's going to happen. You know, we have younger aged children who um, will also have to, you know, exercise these precautions so as not to become infected. Even um, if they, hopefully they'll do better. But. Even if they don't become infected, uh, they can become carriers, can they not? Exactly, and spread it to others. And asymptomatic uh, spread, you know, people who have it, but they're not displaying any of the symptoms or very mild symptoms, almost like allergy symptoms. And they cough, they sneeze, and spread it to others. And so now that it has this sort of airborne nature about it, you know, it's living longer in the air, um, that's what makes it so virulent as well. Uh, get philosophical for me a minute and talk a little <laughs> bit about what we're learning about ourselves uh, in, in the wake of this COVID-19. You know, I think we've learned just how much we need each other now that we don't have that close contact sometimes with the ones that we care about. We just see how much we really do need that social connection and to make us feel whole. But at the same time, too, we're learning how much people have been giving of themselves. We see a lot of people who selflessly help to take care of those who are sick, um, no matter what the cost, you know, um, that that higher better side of nature has been displayed on so many levels and um, even um, also our resilience as a people to sort of um, still keep going on and doing what we we do every day in our lives to make things work. Um, You know, our background, you know, affect that, our support systems that we have built around us, even how we are made up personally or personal makeup, those things can affect you know, how we deal with this and how much resilience we show during this pandemic. Uh, as you think about uh, your coworkers, the uh, uh, folks who are truly on the front line, those in the ER, uh, those who are in, in EMS, the first responders, uh, who when they uh, have somebody walk into the ER, you don't really know uh, whether they're no. COVID-19 or, or just yep. a cold. Mm-hmm. But you have to treat it as if it is COVID-19. Yep. 
And then at the same time, you know, treat the person with compassion, you know, not treating them at arm's length, but treating them with compassion because they're a human being and they're just as frightened as you would be if that were you on the other side. So we've seen, it's taken a, a toll too on, on mental health too of, of the prof, you know, professionals who are doing this. And so a lot of organizations are providing care for their um, workers, you know, frontline workers to kind of help support them as well through this. All right, stay with us just a minute. You're listening to WellMed Radio on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Marissa Charles, on special assignment this hour, and we are talking from Longwood, Florida, with Dr. Stuart Francisco Carroll. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number, and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Well, thank you so much for listening. This is WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Marissa Charles, on special assignment this hour. And we are talking with Carol Stewart-Francisco, who is with the WellMed at Longwood Clinic down in Florida. And we're talking about uh, not only COVID-19, but the challenges that are facing uh, the medical community, the healthcare community, and, and those who are truly on the front lines, be they police and fire or EMS. And we're talking about challenges that they are facing. That, Carol, when you went to medical school, you graduate, uh, you get the uh, professional stethoscope, the black bag, and you're out there uh, working, working it, right? Uh, yeah. Is there a moment where they take you aside and say, now, listen, there are going to be days when you're going to face stuff that can kill you. Here's what you have to do. You know, philosophically, you know about that in the back of your mind, you know. um, But you never imagine it would come in your lifetime, right? Um, We've had close calls. You remember the Ebola virus. It it made landfall, but it didn't spread as we thought. Um, So... We were spirit, and even the SARS COVID was over in another part of the the world. But now, you know, it's come full circle, and everyone's feeling it. And it's just um, it's a it's a once in a lifetime experience, I hope. <laughs> but on, on the level of other things that we've had to deal with, but um, it's really challenging. It's 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 at some in, it's an interesting time. Because I'm reading stories about healthcare providers who, when they get home, if they're either hospital or clinic based. Uh, get undressed in their garage, throw their clothes in the washer, change clothes there before they meet any of their family. That 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 would be true. <laughs> would that be you? That, I I do the same. I have uh, young kids. I have a teenager and a two under that age, and um, wow. I, you know I think about them, and and you know I I make sure I get everything in the washing machine before <laughs> I go in. So yeah, it, it's something we have to do. You know, I've heard in you know the ones who are sort of um, extreme front lines, emergency room docs and ICU docs have 
sometimes lived in separate parts of the home or in trailers outside of your home <laughs> initially when this thing started. So people have done things just to protect their loved ones as well um, from coming in contact with this. As you look at uh, the world that we're in today, uh, what was the, the normal is no longer normal. We don't nope. hug, we don't touch, we don't kiss, we don't shake hands. Uh, we keep distance, uh, which has a negative social impact. Uh, we say to folks uh, who should not be isolating, you need to isolate. Right. We say yep. to seniors who really do need human contact, no, yes. uh, no, 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 you can't be around people. How do we balance that, Carol, uh, in their lives and keep them both physically well and mentally well? Yeah, so, you know, we've had to adapt, and uh, it's it's so difficult. You know, your first inclination is to hold someone's hand or hug someone who you haven't seen in a while, or, but you just have to physically hold back, and it, it's, a, it's a really huge change in how we interact with each other. Um, but we, we still have to try to maintain that sort of mental connection with others. Um, a lot of people are now learning to use technology. You know, there's Zoom and FaceTime and all these apps. And I take care mostly of seniors, and I've, I'm amazed at how well they have risen to the occasion. And a lot of them are very adept now at going on to these, you know, apps and devices and connecting with their grandkids, their children, you know. Um, even with us, the physicians, you know, we now have a platform, telemedicine. So a lot of the senior patients have been able to, with the help sometimes of the younger generation, to get them on um, and connect with others. Telephone calls still are very good, you know, to help us to, you know, keep in touch with others. And um, people have visited others, but at a distance, you know, to just to show your presence and let them know you still care. So we have to do every, become ingenious, you know, in a way to, to still keep that connection going. And to your patients who, who may have some cognitive dysfunction or who mm, already have yeah. early onset or maybe full onset dementia, I know. Is, how do you explain this new world in which you cannot touch? That's so difficult. And that's and, and you know with the seniors who are in that situation, what some of the um, uh, nursing homes and other facilities have seen is a decline in some of them because of this. You know they have that usual connection with their family members who come by and sort of right. keep them, you know, in their memory. It, 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 it's difficult, and so they've seen declines in some of these patients, and um, they try to keep them occupied with social things at the, some of the facilities where they live. They've tried to um, keep them engaged, but it's even there they have to do social distancing too, and instead of coming to a, a sort of a general feeding room, they'll have to stay in their rooms and have dinner and you know, lunch. It's 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 a difficult time that we're living in. It's but you know, to cope with it, you know, if if you're a senior who's still living at home and you're having to deal with this, um, taking care of yourself physically will help. You know, watching, you know, your diet, making sure you're eating healthy. Um, you're still trying to get some physical activity in. Get outside. Put your mask on. You know, take a walk in the fresh air, and that can help you mentally as well. You know, trying to still have a routine, still try to get some sleep, you know, adequate sleep. Uh, we find people have disrupted routines now because they're home all the time or they're just not, you know, out at the gym anymore. They're not 
meeting their friends. And so um, still trying to keep a, a sleep, you know, making sure you're sleeping adequately, make sure you're eating properly, proper diet, avoiding sometimes the negativity. You know, if some people are fixated on the television, watching all the, 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 the news of all the deaths, you know, sometimes it's good to, to turn it off or, or, or change it something else avoid too much of that information in that might be depressing you know and and making time for a pleasurable activity learning something new maybe a new game reading new books you know trying to do something that will sometimes divert your attention to something more positive i've noticed and if it becomes go ahead sorry no I, go ahead and i was going to say too you know if it becomes overwhelming and you can't do it on your own Seek help. Talk to a friend or a family member who can listen to you and give you good advice. You know, a religious counselor who you might have a relationship with or, you know, speak to your primary care doc. They can be a guide to help you, initiate, sometimes initiating care for stress and anxiety or put you on to the next best thing that's going to help you. What about medications? We know that... Uh before COVID-19 and before we became concerned about drug impact on seniors, there are medications that can help with stress, with anxiety. Are we still using them or are we avoiding them now? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, with the stress, we've seen people have changed in their sleep patterns. You know, some of people have lost um, the management of their chronic health conditions or um, they have a, um, increased use of substances to self-medicate, whether it's alcohol or um, recreational drugs or smoking. So we all cope differently with stress. Um, so, you know, sometimes you have to reach out for help. And the primary care docs, we still give medications. And there are some medicines that are safe for elderly patients, and we still use these um, along, you know, we follow guidelines in our use of them. But sometimes a little bit can help, as well as uh, emotional support therapy. The two go hand in hand to help patients during this time. Because I've noticed, for example, on Facebook, there are uh, friends and folks I know who are posting at uh, 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Normally, they're yes. asleep at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> now, how do I know they're posting? Because I'm awake! <laughs> so, yes, definitely the, the disrupted routines, you know, it's pretty evident. And, you know, one of the things that stress and, and anxiety can do to you is, is just change your sleep-wake cycle. So you have to... First, be um, cognizant of that and see that that's happening, and then you try to, to, to change it. So making sure you have a set bedtime, you know, some of the things we usually follow for good sleep hygiene. Try not to watch TV while you're in bed. Um, cut it off, you know, make sure that you um, wake when you wake up in the morning, sometimes getting out into the light. Tell your brain this is morning time. It helps you reset that sleep-wake cycle. Sometimes... Um, Medications are, or over-the-counter, things like melatonin can help a little bit with sleep uh, and help you to get back into a proper sleep-wake cycle. I have tried melatonin, and it does work <laughs> when somebody, uh, a, a healthcare professional, said to me, uh, take the 10 milligram, but take it four to six hours before you plan to go to sleep because it mm -hmm. works much better that way. I hadn't thought that. Exactly. And it does. And, melatonin, and melatonin, too, is intended to sort of help you to reset that sleep-wake cycle. So taking it, as you said, at that set time, four, to four hours before bedtime, and also not taking it at different times every night. Right. Have a set time when you take it. It helps your body to go back into the circadian rhythm. So, you know, 
try not to do anything too mentally stimulating before bed, you know, get into a relaxed state, take your melatonin a couple of hours before and do it at the same time every night. And then it helps you reset that cycle. Now, being as busy as you are, uh, do you keep the same kind of sleep pattern? Are you okay with that? Or is yours disruptive as well? <laughs> so are you asking, are you practicing what you preach? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. Um, at one point, it did become a little disrupted, and so I learned to cut it off and get myself back into my routine. So I'm, I'm much better now and help my kids to do the same because at one point, you know, they were home from school, so, you know, they were kind of abusing that. Uh, <laughs> so now, well, they're all home now. There is no school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we are, we're raising a generation of unschooled kids. In our house, we have... Uh, Twin boys who are seven and a little girl who is eight. And if school, My twin boys are nine. <laughs> well, there you are. If school doesn't start soon, uh, we're all going to be in deep doo-doo. <laughs> I have a newfound respect for teachers, I tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah well, first thing I said when we started homeschooling, they don't pay them enough. We need to pay them more. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I want to thank you for coming on. We are fresh out of time, uh, but we will keep you on our must-have-on-again list. Oh, uh, listen to you. You're Thank great you to so talk much. to. It was fun. And, and you've been uh, you've been very entertaining. We we appreciate that. And full of knowledge and wisdom. So uh, we thank you for thank that. Thank you. Dr. I'm uh, glad Stuart I was Francisco. able to be of help, you know. Carol, you were. Thanks very much. Well met at Longwood in Florida, and we will talk with you again soon right here on Well Med Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. Thank you for listening to Well Med Radio, a service of Well Med Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.